you're not listening to Pubcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Pubcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Okay, welcome to the Top Gun episode of the Pubcast. This one was a pretty straightforward episode uh, as Eric, Allison, and I discussed uh, the movie that cemented Tom Cruise as a superstar and really set the template for uh, all Tom Cruise movies for the next 10 to 15 years. We actually had a lot to say when recasting this movie and came to a rare consensus about who should fill the Kelly McGill's role of Charlie. So check that out and get ready as we break down Top Gun. up against the best. Yes, sir. You two characters are going to Top Gun. I feel the need. The need for speed. In five weeks, you're going to fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You guys really are cowboys. I'm an instructor at this school. I see 20 new hot shots every eight weeks. I don't like you because you're unsafe. That's right. I am dangerous. Wild card. I was by the seat of his pants. Yeah, I guess when I see something, I go right after it. It takes a lot more than just fancy flying. Gentlemen, this school is about combat. There are no points for second place. Figured it out yet? That's right. Who's the best pilot? No, I think I can figure that one out on my own. Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Top Gun. All right. Top Gun, the no-nonsense plot. Uh, as students at the United States Navy's Elite Fighter Weapons School compete to be the best in class, one daring young pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom. I, wow. That's... that's- as bad as we've heard, I, I think. think that yeah, it kind of buries the lead. It, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, it mentions their fighter pilots, but that's all that it says. Yeah, I think uh, someone did this wrong. Uh, okay, Top Gun. Uh, where were you when you saw it? Where did you see it? Impact, whatever. I definitely specific, specifically remember seeing it where we saw it, when we saw it, some of the people I saw it with. Oh, uh, I do too. It is a very specific memory yeah. for me. Yeah, me so, too. And I don't, ha- I don't have that that often. Yeah, no, this one stands out. Yeah. Likely because of our, our age when we saw it. Yeah. Um, so we were in, this is 86, seventh grade, eighth grade, mm, summer of, yeah. summer in between. Yeah. Um, this was, uh, for lack of a better term, this was a group date okay. for our, our class. Uh, I was in a small Catholic grade school um, in Southern California, and we had a class of 35 kids or whatever it was. Um, and something like 15 of us went to go see this, you know, half right. and half, probably boys and girls, give or take. Uh, uh, so... In no way was it a date, but it felt like a date because we were all 
right. 12 years old or 13 years right. old. Um, so that's where we, that's, that's this, how I saw it. It was at the local mall we always went to. There was an Orange Julius right by the, uh, the theater. <laughs> there was an arcade across the, wow. the way. Like, um, it was, you, wow. this you is were like best very times specific. at Brisbane High. Yes. Like you were. <laughs> it was, it was very like Marty McFly 80s kind of wow. thing. Yeah, okay. It was great. I did not see it in the theater, but I was at a friend's house and I, her name was Jessie. And I, she was the third of four girls. She had two wow. sisters who were in high school and they wanted us all to watch it for what soon became obvious reasons to us. But we watch it. We are in her living room. I can, I could draw out the layout of this living room yeah. watching it. And we, they ended up, um, so this was like early on with VHS too, mm. right? It was, was one of the first kind of commercially available um, buy to own videos. And they stopped and rewound the volleyball scene about <laughs> 13 times. The older girls? Or the, yes, or, the older yeah. girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we're, <laughs> you know, seventh grade, like started, like we're just in our. Yeah. Coming of age um, thing. And, but (laughs) it was so distinct. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, it was so gratuitous and so whatever that, um, yeah, I mean, I I just remember that whole, it it was like a defining day, I remember, of my middle school years. I want to come back to that in a second. Uh, Eric. Where were you? When did you first see it? I'm sure it was not in the theater. It was definitely not in the theater. It was also in VHS. Um, Like Allison said, this was like one of the first sort of like buy to own VHS movies that you could buy. Yeah. And dad bought it essentially (laughs) on spec. You know, never, he never saw it before either. Uh, But dad is always a big aviation guy. And that was a big movie that was all about yeah. fighter jets. And he bought it and brought it home one day and uh, one day on the weekend. And I remember we, we were watching it and this was before PG 13. The movie wasn't quite R, but it was, so it yeah. was, but it, it was so PG, it was PG with a bullet, PG with a bullet <laughs> swearing all over the place. And I remember, making a comment to my mom because I was I was I guess I was I guess 11 at the time ish yeah so I was actually almost like excited about how much swearing was in it because I had never heard that much swearing before and I made some except except for when dad was working in the garage right right (laughs) a tapestry of obscenity right Um, (laughs) Uh, but I made some comment to mom about how much swearing there was in it. And after that day, it was, I think it was for like a couple of weeks afterwards, mom would not allow us to watch that movie without a grown up present. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So we would, uh, for weeks after that, we were hounding 
like Jill, Susan, and I were hounding mom or hounding, uh, not hounding dad, because no. that would never go. That, that would never that's fly. A mistake. Yeah. Uh, so we would hound mom, and Johnny was living at home at that time. So I remember we would hound Johnny too because he was a grown up. That if he'd be mm-hmm. home with a, we had a grown up there, then we could watch the movie. And I, mom, I don't understand what that was supposed to accomplish. Because I don't know we either. Don't hear but anything after, any different yeah. when there's a grown up present? But whatever. And you had already seen it, right? Like, it yeah. wasn't right. Like, <laughs> right. The horse is out of the barn at that point. Like. Right. Right. What do you? What's gonna happen? I don't. Know. But yeah, after a couple, I think it was a maybe at the most. It seemed like a lot longer when you're 11 years <laughs> old, but it must have been only maybe a week or two at the most. Yeah. Mom finally the, got sick of us. Viewing, us she's a, finally, she just said, "Okay, you guys, you guys can just watch." Yeah. On, yeah. on the third viewing, they really let the f bombs fly. Right. But the first yeah. two times, no way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shortly after seeing this movie. I think it was the same summer, or if it was just after. Um, I snuck into my first rated R movie. Oh. And that was, uh, it's a funny name to throw out there, but I wish I had chosen uh, my first rated R movie better. Uh, I mean, my first movie rated R that I snuck in and saw alone without an adult was <laughs> Cobra. With <laughs> wow, excellent! That oh, is horrific a '80s movie. Wow. Uh, of Stallone's <laughs> bad movies, and he's made many. Uh, it might be his worst. So it's up there. That's Bravo! Yep, worth okay. it. Worth <laughs> the risk. So you mentioned this volleyball scene. Yeah, and all. That scene in particular, but also throw in the uh, locker room scenes. Just yeah. throw it all into to one yeah. batch. Um, I don't know if it was thought of this way at the time. We were all too young. Um, but in the years after, and certainly seeing it now, uh, my question is, is that scene or those scenes and is this movie the most homoerotic movie of the eighties? Cause that's the vibe I got from this was it really? was very, oh, it was I very, I, I did not at all. Yeah, yeah. I did not at all. I think it was, it's it was like so over the top beefcake that it, it swung the other way to me. I'm like, wow, this is like, yeah, I did, not get, I did not get that. I did not get that vibe <laughs> no? at all. I took it the other right, way that this was. It was a movie intended to be basically a recruiting film for guys totally. to join the Navy or the Air Force, and this is a way to get the women to go with them to the movies. Mm. There's that. Okay, good. Eric, am I off base? <laughs> Uh, I've heard a lot of those theories too. And as watching it, I can see it even when it's like just Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer getting in each other's face in the locker room. Yeah. It's, oh, it's all, it's all like weird. Yeah. It's know, very strange. Uh, they get so close to each other. <laughs> subtext or not, but it's, it's, I'm yeah. sure it's not purposeful or anything, yeah. but uh, right. It, you know, through a, uh, older different lens um, that was I'm like oh this is 
if you wanted to see that, that you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, would I agree. I would agree with that. That with a lot of different. No, I know. Things, I know. But, but it's, it's so, it's so over the top. Yeah. I, um, over the yeah. Top. I, I, I guess for me, I really kind of thought about it. It was the way to get women to go to see the movie. Yeah. Cause that's, that was, that's the draw in, in my opinion. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about the Navy or I will just say in general though, watching this movie again, everybody is sweaty all the time. Yeah. They're, everybody yeah. is glistening yeah. at a minimum and at a maximum, they are dripping sweat all the time. I feel everybody like needs a shower all the time. Not just, not just Maverick. Everybody needs a up. shower all the time. Even Baldy Stinger is always sweating. Stinger. Yeah. Yes. Um, Tony Scott. Give me one second here. But I, I found it almost distracting this last time. I'm like, gosh, everybody's. I noticed that too. Sweaty. It's like, they're like, where, where is the air conditioning in 1986? <laughs> well, and then I'm like, wow, that sub must be like the, uh, if they're like I, in a submarine or like aircraft car- carrier is like just a stink machine. Okay. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. I think that's a, uh, I don't think, it's not exactly a, a, a calling card, but I think it's uh, a regular occurrence in both Tony Scott movies and um, uh, give me his name, uh, Bruckheimer. Jeremy? Yeah. Jerry. 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 Uh, I think it's in both of their movies. You see a lot of that. A lot of sweating? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I could be wrong, but uh, okay. I believe, I'm going to yeah. Let's just pretend that I'm right. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Um, okay. Uh, so, Top Gun was the top performing box office movie of 1986. Uh, what do you think it pulled in in 86 dollars mm. domestic domestic i mean it's it's yeah i'm gonna say 175 almost all the time when i pull these numbers they're domestic yeah i'm gonna say okay. 175 175 that was gonna be my number two but i'll say 150 just to be different all right well let's go with your first choice and the number was 176 oh 176 really? wow. million allison's been on a tear of guessing lately uh, as wow. of last night and I, only on these things where the game doesn't count. <laughs> I know. Like she, she, I'm doing well when there's no pressure. <laughs> in the in the last podcast, she nailed the uh, the Rotten Tomato scores for the audience and the critics. Wow. Um, yeah, 175 million for Top Gun. So rounding out the top ten, uh, I love just the who's who of the yeah. 80s movies. Uh, so Top Gun. Number two, Crocodile Dundee, Ugh. 116. The first one? The first one. Okay. 116 million. That, this is a knife. That movie was terrible and a phenomenon. Yeah. It took over the 80s for yeah. its good It's unwatchable. Years. It's unwatchable yeah. now. It's, re- it's yeah. not great. No. That guy, ludicrous. Uh, number three, Karate Kid Part Two, Ooh. 115 million. Good soundtrack, though. Back Solid. to school, 91 million. <laughs> Back to school was that year? Yeah. Wow, I w- would have thought it was older. Uh, number five, Aliens. Oh, nice. Million. 
Number six, The Color Purple, 83 yes, million. That's good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Number seven, Star Trek Four: The wow. Voyage Home. Good one. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Ruthless People. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> yep. uh, number nine, Out of Africa. I'm robbing you. <laughs> 70 million. Uh, rounding up the top ten, Ferris Bueller's Day Off with 70 million. Wow. Huh. Top ten, 70 million. Yeah. I mean, it's $86, but still, what, yeah. what is that now? 120? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's not exa not exactly Murderer's Row, but that's that's a pretty solid year. It's pretty solid. I mean, the cost it, it the cost of making Top Gun was 15 million and it made 176 in the US. Wow. I I, I can't imagine it probably well, I don't know what it did internationally, but I bet it didn't do that well internationally. So rah rah USA. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. Uh Rotten Tomato score. Audience, what do you think the audience gave it in 1986? Or, well, I guess now. 80s, but, uh, well, um, I believe, knowing what it was, I'm going to say 93. 93. Eric? I'll say 83. Ooh. And the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes for Top Gun was, or is... 83. Wow. Eric nailed ah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, the critic score for Rotten Tomatoes. 87. I'm going to say the critics liked it more. I think they're going to like the um, camera work, the editing of the fighter scenes. I... Had I not looked, I... Couldn't even have guessed what the critics would have put this. I don't know if they liked it or disliked it. I don't, don't remember at all. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, Eric, critics. I'm going to say that the critics liked it a little bit less. Usually we're 100% wrong on this, but I think this is going to be a case where the critics liked it a little bit less. I'll say 77. So I said 87, you said 77? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The critics gave it a score of 54. Really? Right. Wow. wow. They needed it. Yeah. That, uh, that is a rotten score. Yeah. Does that, does that fall into the, the rotten area? I yeah. 60 is the cutoff. 60. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I thought critics liked it a little more than that. It's clearly not a critical darling it, movie, but the, it's a popcorn movie, but still. Yeah, I would have thought they would have liked it more, not for the script, <clears throat> but for the um, the fighter scenes and stuff like that, the editing. Yeah. Well, oh, where, I wrote this down. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, I, had it. I have it in... Uh, Trivia somewhere. Oh, where is it? Uh, I don't have it here. Okay, but great. Damn it! I wrote it down somewhere. I can't find it. Um, it won three Oscars, and they were for um, editing, um, sound, sound mixing, and sound editing. Yeah, yeah. It was like all, all three of those. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's those categories are always uh, won by an action movie of some type. So yeah, yeah. oh, there it is. Best sound mixing, best sound editing, best film editing. Yep. The original title of the film was Top Guns. Plural? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fine. Great. Who right. cares? Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of the details of like uh, that it was based on the the fighter town, you know, the, the a real pilot right. school and all that sort of stuff. We all get it. Um, director Tony Scott's original vi- vision for the film was Apocalypse Now in an aircraft carrier. Hmm. I don't hmm. get that. Uh, he later realized it was a, a definite popcorn movie and it was, quote unquote, uh, rock and roll stars of the sky. So he made it a little more of the Maverick, Tom Cruise, yeah. you know, type of movie. Um. The original script called for Goose. Let's, let's try Goose. Goose. Uh, his death to be a result of a mid-air collision. Oh, yeah. The Navy wouldn't approve that, so they changed it to a scenario that was more plausible, depicting an accident that actually happened uh, in real life, but uh, didn't result in someone dying. Yeah, and to that point, I read that um, in order for them to get access to using these fighter jets that the Pentagon... Um, required sign off on the script yeah. and everything to make sure that it did not in any way tarnish the the military. It did not um, decrease. There's tons uh, of those stories and all of that stuff. Yeah, Kelly McGillis, uh, the character Charlie, was originally supposed to be an officer, but the Navy wouldn't approve a script involving two officers fraternizing mm. or fraternizing. Um, so they changed it. Uh, basically, but she was based off of. Though an actual civilian yeah. um, person, yeah. uh, call sign legs, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Yeah, and I guess the story, uh, that, the story goes that woman retired as like the deputy secretary of defense, like the highest yeah. ranking woman in the defense department ever. Hilarious. But she used to wear heels and stockings all the time too and like clacked around the halls and people always knew she was coming and would be um, prepared because she, yeah, because she, I mean, she's a civilian, so you don't salute her, but um, her, she always had heels on and she cracked down the hallway. Legs. So legs. (laughs) (laughs) But this obviously is essentially a recruiting propaganda film for the Navy. Uh, I mean, in many ways, I mean, yeah. it's, it's plainly obvious. And the Navy had to sign off on everything. Um, and reports are that enlistment in all branches of the military, including the Navy, but not only the Navy, uh, after this film uh, came out, spiked like 500%. Yeah. Uh, so. they, they actually, the Navy actually set up recruiting stations in movie yeah. theaters. Yeah, They're so catching awesome. people coming right out of the movie. It's, uh, it's, so, uh, it's unbelievable. It's like setting up a, a, a boxing recruitment you yep. know, a gym outside of, of Rocky or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of stuff here. Uh, the so-called Top Gun Award, uh, for which the pilots in the film compete, does not actually exist in the Navy. Hmm. 
playoffs. There is no big competition for this thing. I did see at the actual facility that apparently they have a thing where you have to pay a five dollar fine if you quote anything from this movie. Yeah, which is <laughs> great. That's awesome. I love, it. I love that. Uh, Val Kilmer ad libbed the moment when he coughed the line "bullshit" in the hangar scene. Yep. Uh, so that's always good. We love the little ad libs. A good ad lib. Uh, one pilot did die in the filming of uh, yep. all the stunts. He was intentionally doing like a flat spin or some sort of a spin to get on a, a dash mounted camera, um, but the plane failed to recover. He couldn't recover out of it and uh, crashed into the Pacific, Pacific Ocean. I, I read what um, I what when I read about that too. What surprised me the most, that I don't know if it's still the case, but it said that the pl- he and the plane were never found. Like, he splashed yeah. on the ocean and wow. was gone forever. Couldn't even yeah, find him. Yeah, I saw him. that, too. That's, th- to me, that's the craziest that's part. That seems unusual. Maybe he yeah. just flew into the Bermuda Triangle and yeah. abducted by aliens. Could be. Uh, okay, Top Guns, I got that. Um, the famous love scene uh, was shot after filming Wrapped. I didn't realize that, uh, that they shot all the movie was effect, effectively done. I mean, mm-hmm. they do reshoot, reshoots all the time, but this wasn't part of the main filming, uh, plan. And Kelly McGillis's hair was different at that time. So she had, to, uh, that's why they did silhouettes and all the dim lighting. Uh, her hairdo is wrong, uh, in the elevator sequence with, uh, Tom Cruise. So she wore a hat in that cause they were doing, you know, later reshoots with, you know, people's hair grew out and they didn't, they didn't do all the other prep. Uh, they just said, screw it. We'll just hide it with uh, hats and lighting and whatever. So um, that's interesting. I, yeah. What is that movie without, like, how did, I don't well, how do you sell that relationship without that scene? Well, that, that was, I guess, what the screen, screening audiences were saying yeah. that kind of like, what, how is there no... Like a, a climax, no pun intended. Of you mean that, coitus? Big Lebowski. That that was that was why and like it was filmed in like Chicago. Like they weren't even like near where the original film was. Yeah. Um, done they it was kind of a rush also yeah um do you guys have any other trivia i'm gonna yeah casting i've got a couple things and then eric i'll let you um say some and then if i if you don't catch mine then i'll um come back so one was the older guy at the bar that she was Mm -hmm. quote unquote on a date with or that's what um, Maverick thought um, was actually the consultant on the film whose call same call sign was Viper and was kind of based on yeah that so I was gonna do I was going to put together a game that involved call signs and like yeah. made up call signs and whatever but I couldn't figure it out and I didn't want to spend all that time for yeah. it but uh, yeah um. 
which speaking of apparently in an early version of the script, Merlin's real name was supposed to be, the last name was supposed to be Merlin and his call sign was going to be wizard, but they thought (laughs) it was going to be (laughs) too complicated. So it's his first name was magic. Yeah. Um, so it's just Merlin. Yeah. Unexplained. Yeah. I think one goofy name is good enough. Um, and I'll do one other piece of trivia and then one comment. So one of the things that I saw um, was that, you know, the song, uh, the Kenny Loggins song, which was just... Danger Zone? Yeah, it was just, <laughs> you know, it was the song of the movie, yeah. um, top of the charts kind of thing, but it was passed on by two other bands of that time of Toto and REO Speedwagon. <laughs> I wonder if they recorded a lot of times they will record versions of it that aren't used and then they're floating around like on the internet somewhere you can probably find them. Yeah. That happens with the Bond, the James Bond songs a lot. That could be. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last is something that I literally (laughs) learned finally um, after decades of watching this movie and always trying to listen really closely to understand the word. And I've never understood it, which is, what Goose's position is called. Rear. No. Rio. No. Rio. R-E-O. Rio. R-I-O. Damn. I always thought it was rear yeah. or real. Like I rear, real. I was like, oh, they're in the like in, in the, the rear. rear, like rear view yeah. mirror kind of thing, or real, which is what I thought yeah. I would hear, but it didn't make sense. And it's Rio, R-I-O, Radio Intercept Officer. And so I did not know that until this afternoon while I was preparing for Did anybody this look up or Eric, do you know uh what is that person? What is that job? What are you doing in that plane? Um exactly what the acronym uh what do you what do you radio intercept? It's yeah. radio and radar. Yeah, like it's all about like where everything is around you. Your it's communication. It's it's finding the enemy planes. It's it's all of that yeah, stuff. I thought a lot of that was in the the front cockpit with the pilot, though. I, I don't know. I have no idea, obviously. But yeah, I mean, granted, in the movie, all we see those guys do is look around real quickly and then say, right. "Hey, he's on your six or whatever." Right. <laughs> That's right. about it. But uh, okay, great. So that yeah. was, yeah. And I'm so glad you, you made me feel a lot better that I had no idea. I definitely idea. thought it was rear. I, 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 I had no question it was rear, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have all learned something today, except for Eric. Eric, you do. All right, Eric, what, what trivia do you have? Um, the, uh, let's see, there's the bar that they were all hanging out at. Um, for the, a long time, it was an actual bar out there in California that had a lot of memorabilia from the movie on display oh, yeah. there. But then sometime, uh, I think in the late 90s or early 2000s, it, there was a grease fire in the kitchen and the majority <laughs> of the place burned down. Later but, Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah. They, 
some of the stuff, I think, and I want to say, I think Chrissy Ruffiner took Susan there because Chrissy lives in San Diego oh, and Susan visited yeah. her and they went out there. Yep. Um, they went to that bar and uh, like they still had Maverick, one of Maverick's helmets on display, but it, it had been damaged in the fire. So like some of like the plastic visor was warped from heat or something. Yeah. Did they play You Lost That Loving Feeling on the jukebox? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Or Great Balls of Fire on the piano? Yeah. Good God. Um, all right. I have uh, a couple of casting things for before you have that, Maverick and Charlie. Um, before you do that, um, one other thing that I saw was that Meg Ryan and Anthony Edwards actually started dating after the film. <laughs> they played, you know, obviously played a married couple on the film. And I just think it's funny um, when this happens is Kelly McGillis is five foot ten. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Cruise is not. Yeah. So he had to wear like cowboy boots with a stacked heel and she couldn't wear shoes yeah. in scenes where they were face to face. Yeah. And um, so it, it's funny. So then you think about when she walks in and she's in heels, she's 6'1 easily as she's yeah. um, going up to present. Um, in front of all those guys. Um, and then the last thing I saw, which was kind of interesting, is that um, scene where she's, like, chasing after him and I'm going to finish my sentence. Right. Um, Tom Cruise, after she, like, um, like yells at him or whatever, he was supposed to say something and he forgot the line and he kisses her right. instead of the line. And the director liked it so much that right. he kept it in. right. <laughs> Yeah, the the height thing with Kelly McGinn, McGillis is one thing that this is obviously before Cruz hit his peak or his... His cruisiness? Yeah, at the peak of his powers, his zenith or whatever. Because uh, that's not happening now. It would never happen after this movie because he's greenlighting every female lead in any of his movies they all got to be a, right. a certain shortness, not even height. Right? Right. They can't be above whatever number. And he's famous for wearing lifts and everything he's doing yeah. constantly. So uh, let me ask this question, because I've, I've heard this from a couple of people. It was not as obvious to me um, up until recently, I guess, of the considered age difference between Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis, mm -hmm. was that like a big thing that everybody noticed and I just was completely oblivious to? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's all. I, even seeing it in seventh grade, we were all like, oh, he, he's going for the older woman. Like, that's a, yeah. We haven't seen that before. We are, yeah. I hadn't, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. It was purposeful in the script, and it was. I know. I just. Yeah. I, I no, guess didn't. I, I didn't really think about it. Wow. I guess. Yeah. Um. So I saw. But looking back at it, he is like a child in this movie. Like he is so yeah. young. He's twenty-four. Yeah. And she was twenty-nine. Um. So, I saw 
a couple different things with casting Maverick. Um, I saw the names that were either turned it down or were considered, and then there's a bunch of rumors, and the rumors mm-hmm. were kind of bullshit, but I'll throw them out there anyway. But I also saw something that contradicts all of this stuff, which or, or maybe not contradicts, but is inconsistent with these other names. The idea that the role was written for Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. I saw that somewhere. If that's the case, these other names make no sense then. Like, right. did, was it written for him and then he said no and then they just had these other backups? Or Well, what? I did see that he was pretty resistant to the role for a long time and it took... Um, basically, they, had, they convinced him to get in a plane because right. they wanted... Right. They wanted him to see what it's like because they had the actors in a lot of the planes. They just weren't in the pallet seat. They were, um, and it was the plane ride that got him to say yes. But for a while he was resistant. So knowing that I've got two people that supposedly turned the role down and then three people that were considered, I don't know what that means exactly as far as considered or not, but so turned it down includes Scott Bayo and Mickey Rourke. Scott Bayo. <laughs> yep. Oh my I saw gosh. I Mickey Rourke, but Scott Scott Bayo. <laughs> he was you know his career was about. long. Like <laughs> his career was long dead by then, wasn't it? Or he was he was neck deep in Charles in charge. Eighty six, so maybe shooting in eighty five mm-hmm. is probably even before Charles in charge, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I saw that those guys turned it down. And then the three I saw that were considered in some way included Matthew Modine, Charlie Sheen, and John Travolta. Yeah. To what degree they were considered, yeah. who the hell knows. But, yeah. you know. I think, I think I saw the John Travolta, and he might have been too expensive. And he, well, he, I don't think he was. I think it was, he, it was that downtime where he wasn't, a factor he wasn't a movie mm. star he wasn't anything he was barely working yeah, at that maybe point. maybe I'm, con- I'm confusing with something else that could be um and i'll give you the the Scott list of Bale. the list of rumors I'm still reeling from that one the list of rumors that i saw and i think they're all bullshit okay um some don't even work with the timeline of their careers or ages or any and, these are nonsense, but I'll throw them out anyway. Mm-hmm. So get ready to not be impressed. Okay. Uh, Tom Hanks. For Maverick. Maverick? All this is Maverick. So that's just the first of the stupidity. So just get ready. Tom Hanks. Jim Carrey. J- was Jim Carrey even a thing? Yet? I don't that, think so. When was In Living Color? Uh, not then. Uh, Patrick Swayze. Oh. Rob Lowe. <laughs> I could see Rob, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, maybe. Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Emilio Estevez. Maybe. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> right. I don't, like so it many of these. Feeling the need for speed, but you stop at 88 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Your plane won't take off, dude. <laughs> you just go in the water. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. <clears throat> need roads where they're going. No, you definitely don't need roads. Um, okay, so I, here's one, two, three, four. And St- Scott Bayo is still got me as a Mickey Rourke. 
Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four people supposedly turned down the role of Charlie. Okay. Before it was given to uh, McGillis. Um, and that was Linda Fiorentino. Yep, I saw that. Tatum O'Neill, uh, Ali Sheedy, and Brooke Shields. I also saw Deborah Winger. I saw Deborah Winger is under my list of considered. Uh-uh. That she may not have had a chance to turn it down or not, but she was considered. She could actually work in that role too. Um, I don't know that I love any of those in there. I don't. I don't love no. Kelly McGillis in this role either, but uh, whatever. Um, anybody but see like anything age else? Age gap though of twenty nine and twenty four. That's not that significant. No. But she. I guess portrayed somebody I was a lot older. Say, I thought she looked older than twenty nine. Um. Okay. I have one other. Yep. I have one other character who I saw as a Whoa. potential cast. I didn't see any other casting stuff. Um. I don't know if it was considered or offered and declined. I think it was offered and declined. Was John Voight for Viper? John Voight. I can't believe he declined it. Maybe it was a, a, a scheduling issue or something. Know. Yeah, because he I, he's he would jump. He, he would love to be in a, a military movie like that. I'm sure. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do recasturbate. Better close the door. It's time to recasturbate. You ready, Eric? I'm ready. <laughs> um, should we start at the top with Maverick? Uh, this is this is your game show, man. I know. I don't like any of my names, though. Uh, let's start with Tom Cruise, Maverick. All right. Uh, I have two people. I don't know that I like them, but I'm going to throw them out there. One is Ty Sheridan. Okay who is the guy from Ready Player One. We just watched yep. part of it yesterday yep. and uh, whatever other movies. And I think my number one, the only other guy I have is Taron Egerton. Oh, I, he's on my list. He's my maverick, I think. Yeah. The end of list. I, I don't have anybody else. So all, all I was thinking about when I was thinking about this character is who's going to pull off an ego that is I know. so big so I had um, Taryn Edgerton. And I, I, I was constrained by the age, too. I was trying to yeah. shoot for 24, 25. Yeah. Um, he's probably a little bit too old, but I have Dave Franco. <laughs> um, yeah, and then bad. number one, I thought, was Michael B. Jordan. I am somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the... Hu- would I ended up casting this movie a little bit older than what they did originally because I know having guys that young in that school is a hundred percent bullshit. Like that school is not meant first of all, there's not pilots that young. And second of yeah. all, pilots that young aren't going to that school. So I'm glad you said that because when we were watching it, I had questions about it too. Like, <laughs> Like what? <laughs> how do they? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. It's so I. 
I, I'm still on the young side, but definitely not that young. Um, yeah. But my, I had a couple of choices for Maverick. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is pretty much my number one. And yep. then the other name that I had was Scott Eastwood. Oh, I have him somewhere else. Yeah, I considered him, but then I, I didn't. All right. Um, I'll go first for Goose as well, because I only have one name. Okay, wow. Uh, just for the sake of ages, let, I'm going to run down the age roster of the top five characters. Uh, Matt, Tom Cruise was 24. Anthony Edwards, 24. Kelly McGillis, 29. Tom Skerritt, 53. Val Kilmer, 27. So that's okay. the ranges we're sort of uh, theoretically shooting for. Uh, so my goose... I didn't know where to go with this guy, and I had a hard time casting this entire movie. I don't know what my deal was, but um, my only guy was Miles Teller for Goose. Hmm. That's it. All right. I don't. I don't feel even good about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I. I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back on it, the casting of Top Gun Maverick has severely affected my recasting of. Top Gun. We'll touch on more on that later, but uh, yeah, I mean, Miles Teller plays Goose's son in Maverick, so. Oh, oh, the casting of the new movie coming out is is affecting your recasting of the old movie. Got it, got it, got it. Right. (laughs) All right, Al, what do you got? Oh, so Eric, did you give your Goose? Um, I have not. I had a couple of names. One name that I threw out there because I, I really he's, I think he's he's definitely too old compared to, even what getting back to my other conversation from from before. But, um, I like this actor and I kind I would want him to be if I was casting this movie I'd want to put him in there somewhere. Uh, Randall Park. Who's that? He plays. Um, he plays. <laughs> He plays uh, Agent Wu in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like he's in WandaVision, and he oh was yeah, in, uh, yeah. Was oh, I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would just want him in this movie somewhere. Um, yeah. But other names that I had, uh, Ezra Miller was one I name that him. I had. Yep. Yeah. And then I think I would go with uh, Donald Glover. Mm, I've got him somewhere else. We were just talking about him because uh, The Martian was on. And this is the problem I always have with him when we do these recasting things. I always want to include him for these roles where the, the, the previous actor or the role is played by a 25-year-old, a 26-year-old. I'm like, oh, Donald Glover, he, that, that's my guy. And then I look and Donald Glover is 37 years old or yeah. whatever he is. I'm like, ah, oh, he's too old for it. Yeah. He can certainly play younger i mean like no problem there but uh i always get caught up in the age factor with all these yeah especially with him so um i had ezra miller also for goose i then also had nick robinson what he was in uh love simon he was just in that show teacher or the oh teacher. yeah 
Um, but the number one person I have in this role is Brie Larson. I think you change it up and it's a woman. (laughs) Okay. That that changes a lot of things in this movie. I know, but I kind of like it. I I don't think you're making this movie now. You're not going to have a zero female. You'll have one. And I like that. It's going to be Mavericks Rio. (laughs) <laughs> Rio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I considered making that move, but I thought it it affected too many parts of the movie, so I didn't do it. Yeah. Um, all right. I had one other like backup. Um Logan Lerman, who was Percy Jackson. Is. Oh. And also in uh what's the Nazi hunter, the hunters? Or whatever it is on uh, Prime. Oh, that yeah, with the um, um, Pacino. Yeah, as the the Jew killer or the the Jewish wow. Nazi killer. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That show kind of sucks. Um, okay, Charlie Kelly McGillis, uh, or you know, originally played by Kelly McGillis. I did not like her in this movie. I never did. Um, I think, I don't know who they would have had to play her, but I thought, always thought she was Supposedly there was not very good chemistry on set with uh, her and Tom Cruise. Oh. Like they really just did not To me along. it shows. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to believe a big movie like this, as successful as it was with big stars or big enough at the time, big budget, all that stuff, it didn't get this chemistry right. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's, it did perfectly fine. Who cares? But whatever. Uh, okay. I have I have four for this one. Ooh. Uh, my throwaway one is Brie Larson. I would have had her in there, yeah. maybe. Um, I have three that I like. Almost equally. Um, Tessa Thompson. Yep, I have her on my list. I thought that'd be good, Charlie. Almost I mean, she, this person we talked about yesterday is our default for a lot of these roles. Jennifer Lawrence. Yep, she's also on my list. I think my number one is someone who I don't know if she's acting anymore. Hmm. I think she's might exclusively be a director, and I put in Greta Gerwig as Uh-oh. my Charlie. I think that would work. Interesting. Okay. Although, honestly, she also could have fit my Meg Ryan role too. Yeah. But I didn't put her there. Well, since you picked two of my three, <laughs> um, my third one that I had was Emma Stone. Yeah. I never know what to do with her. I, I like Tessa Thompson a lot in that yeah. role. Yeah. She is Jennifer my choice Lawrence too. is like recasting um, to uh, Kelly McGillis. Yeah. I think that's probably about right. Yeah. I only had two names and they were both said uh, Brie Larson, which I didn't, wasn't too excited about, but Tessa yep. Thompson, I thought would be really good. Wow. All three of us. We're on the same page on that one. By default, I think Tessa wins that one. Wow. All right. I've got <laughs> Viper. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I've got three for Viper. Uh, yeah, I have three for Viper. Um, in a, a bit of stunt casting, I'm putting Tom Cruise as Viper because he is now of the age. Yeah. 
<laughs> so let's do that. Uh, I got a possibility of Billy Crudup as Viper. Mm, that's a good one. And then I think one, this guy, I think just fits in a military movie. Um, and because of his age, he fits as, as Viper. Um, I think it's Josh Brolin. I think he could do it. Oh. Okay. Uh, All right. There you go. I've uh, only really got two. Um, and they might be a little bit young for the role. Scarrett was 53. So Yeah, I've got people in their 40s yeah. for this role. We always say like within three to five years, you're probably fine. Um, I've got John Krasinski. <laughs> I think he's too young, but that's... Um, and then the other who I feel like could play a 53-year-old wow. um, is Luke Hemsworth. Oh. From Westworld, Westworld, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I think he's... How old is he? I have no idea, but he's in his 40s. Yeah, but is he like 42 or something? I don't... Dude, I don't know. I'm just, no, I'm just guessing. telling you. I I think I, I don't know. I went a little too young with I this know. one. That's the one I'm pushing back on. <laughs> I think he's I think he's closer to being a pilot than he is uh, the old dog. He's forty. Oh, he looks old though. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right, Eric. Who's your Tom Scarrett? Oh, we did that already, right? No, I, I have not gone yet. Um, you, you did Charlie Brown. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I've got. I, I I struggled with this one a little bit. I was, um, I was trying to think of actors that have more of like a laid back, sort of quiet manner about them for the most part, and I came up with like like a couple. Couples actors more a little bit more on the younger side and the couple a little bit more on on the much older side. Mm. Um, my younger two actors, uh, this might be too young, Oscar Isaac, and then mm. again Maverick influencing my uh, Top Gun casting. I got John Hamm. He is in Top Gun Maverick. Uh, um, is he? Yeah, he's in it. Um. And then the older actors that I thought of were um, Kurt Russell or Denzel Washington. I've got Denzel somewhere else. That's, I like both of those guys. Yes, they're older, but yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Kurt Russell, I like that. Uh, Okay, Iceman. Um, I have three and... Two of the names have already been said elsewhere. Okay. My number three, it would be Ezra Miller as Iceman. Number Ooh. two, Ansel Elgort from Baby Driver. Yep. Uh, which actually, now that I'm thinking about it, he could have been a goose as well. He could have done a goose. Uh, and this is where I had Michael B. Jordan as Iceman. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's where the attitude, the confidence, the, you know, yeah. that old deal. Yep. Al? Um, I actually had four here. Um, I had Taylor Lautner from Twilight. Say, <laughs> so where, where's he been? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
he was he's my last choice. Then I have um I have him somewhere I, else. Wow. A double uh, Taylor Wanderer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Scott Eastwood is where I have mm-hmm. um George, um I'm gonna say Army Hammer. I love casting Army Hammer. I don't know he's if he's going to be in anything for a while. He might just need to go underground for a bit, but Army Hammer, I feel like, would be good for this role. I think he is too. Uh, is he too old? I don't know. Um, is he forty? I, I have I have him for Iceman also. Yeah, I think he's. I think he works, but I think he's. Yeah. I got I got distracted by the age again. The the one that I like um, in this role is his name is George McKay. He was in Captain Fantastic. He was a lead role mm-hmm. in nineteen seventeen. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I, I, think, I think he could play, like, that stoic, kind of um, by-the-book, disciplined yeah. person. Yeah. Eric? Uh, I only had two names for Iceman. Army Hammer was one of them. Uh, Chris Evans is the other. Oh. Mm. Again, yeah. sort of the... Uh, like I like I I'm skewing older, but again, sort of the by the book kind of guy. It's kind of I guess falls into his Captain America character a little bit, as far as yeah. being by the book and straight as an arrow kind of thing. But yeah, they are what they are. I, I'm not, I wasn't. I also had a hard time casting a lot of these, and yeah, Iceman was no different. There. All right. So we're getting down into the wild card area where you can pick and choose people. I mean, we have, I guess, a few key people to cast, but they're not really consequential characters necessarily. I mean, we've got things like Meg Ryan's Carol. Right. Uh, we've got Jester. We've got Stinger, the bald guy. Uh, we've got Slider. Uh Yep. Played by Rick Rosovich, who is, uh, we all know from this movie and Roxanne and the guy, who, the first guy who fights Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's his triple whammy. And then yep. he's done whatever he's done, but yep. uh, those ones that I know him from. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Jester first, because okay. uh, I think we can cast him out we can consider we can give some options on him uh so and wasn't michael ironside pretty young michael ironside i looked this up specifically because he's one of those guys yeah uh he was 36 yeah right. he looks insane yeah and apparently he played military so well that um as he was walking down the hallway at the base guys like stopped and saluted him like they didn't know who he was he's played a military guy (laughs) in 92 percent of his roles i'm sure yeah i mean it's crazy but yeah he is 36 and looks 56 yeah um he looked he looked the same in 1986 as he did in 2006 like he didn't change yeah uh it's crazy uh, anyway, so for Jester, I have three. Uh, stunt casting with Tom Hardy uh-huh. as my Jester. <laughs> uh, 
but in reality, I would go either Idris Elba or Liev Schreiber. I think Idris Elba might be the winner in the clubhouse, but I do like Liev in that one too. Yeah. So I stuck more with the age of Jester, um, knowing that he was younger, kind of thinking about he is not at Viper's level. Like he's like a relatively new instructor. But that's the kicker thing. Do you go with his actual age or the age he looks on film? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> so this is where I had Donald Glover. Yeah. yeah. Um I also have uh Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Um from last we were watching a movie last night. I put Jamie Dornan Dornan in here. <laughs> yeah. But the one that I I am now all about casting is Adam Driver. Fucking hell. <laughs> Adam Driver is also on my list. Oh. We can't hear you, Eric. Eric, you're... There's a certain there amount of intensity that comes with Jester. So yep. I have Tom Hardy and Adam Driver. And I also threw in uh, Michael Shannon. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I always like to put in Michael Shannon. And that's where I would put him. You can hear him say, I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hear Michael Shannon's voice saying that line. One of the yeah. funny things wasn't uh, Tim Robbins. Uh, was he Merlin? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Tim Robbins is six five. Yep. Uh, no one six five is getting in one of those jets. Right. Yeah, he's and, he was knees to chest the whole way. If that was if he was actually yeah in there. So not that it matters in any of this stuff, but. Casting someone like Army Hammer. Oh, I, I definitely thought about that. Idris Elba. Yep. Or any of these 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 tall guys. Like it's great. It works on film, but right. it's insanity. These guys right. are not enrolling in the Navy. Right. It needs to be a fire pilot. Uh, okay, let's try and run through these quickly, if possible. Okay. Uh, I got one name and one name only for Commander Tom Stinger Jordan. Okay. Uh, he was played by James Tolkien, who was 55 at the time. Uh-huh. Again, a guy who's been bald for his entire life, so right. I don't know how old he actually is. Uh, I had Jason Statham. The oh. <laughs> <laughs> if he can pull an American accent, he's got it. Uh-huh. Great. I have one name for Stinger also. Uh, J.K. Simmons. Oh, <laughs> Yes. That's a good one. I like him again for a lot of these things. I just, I get pigeonholed by the, the age. You know, he, yeah. he's sixty seven or something like that. So, but it's all right. So I, I had I had three, of course. Um, going straight about uh, having a bald guy playing the part, mm-hmm. and who would deliver the line? Um, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. I put Dwayne Johnson. another guy who couldn't fit on an aircraft carrier (laughs) but my other two characters that are much more real choices (laughs) one is carl urban who is in the boys yeah Uh and then i have denzel as my number one yeah that's solid uh okay meg ryan's character carol yep 
Uh, I have two. I don't know if one of them works. And I think the other one is even iffy at best. No. Uh, so the first one, or my backup is Zendaya oh. as uh, uh-huh. Goose's wife. And my number one, I guess, is Margaret Qualey. I don't know who that is. She was is. a dark-headed girl in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, that Brad oh, Pitt yeah. is sitting on. Yeah, uh, the pickles. Uh, Annie McDowell's daughter. Yeah. yeah, that's carrying the pickle jar. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. That that's it. Yeah. That's as far as I can go with this one. For, so I had, I'll go, go ahead, Eric. You can go, Eric. Ahead. Eric, you do it. All right. I got a couple of names, and the only uh, casting this, I was thinking of who had like delivering the line, uh, who could just say it in that like super loud, sort of almost annoying way of yeah. So Maverick. Goose yep. tells me you're in love with one of your instructors. Somebody just, yeah. no filter whatsoever. I came up with a couple of names. Uh, Aquafina. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, my other one is uh, Melissa Villasenor. Oh. oh, that's a good one. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like that a lot. I was trying to think of someone who had that big personality or could play that big personality, be that loud, obnoxious, uh, slightly Southern, even uh, character that Meg Ryan plays. Yeah. And I couldn't think of any, so I, I was yeah. drawing a blank at all that stuff. So um, one is, I guess, maybe more her build than anything else <laughs> um just being real slight um is uh Letitia Wright from uh, Black Panther the uh-huh. younger sister yeah 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 I then have Lily James as Carol uh-huh. and then my number one is Brenda Song who plays mm. the girlfriend in the social network who yeah <laughs> yeah wow yeah that could work just a bit nutty she's over the top yeah. or she can play it at least yeah yeah all right last wild card one that i have is it's slider yeah i mean he was 29 at the time the, the, the rick rosovich yeah. the the actor uh i couldn't think of anyone that I like to put in there. So I said Chris Hemsworth, but younger. That's all I got. Yeah. I had Liam Hemsworth, but I don't think he (laughs) could play it. Um, I I know. This is where I had Taylor Lautner. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, that's that's the right one. Yeah. I was just thinking the biggest meatheads I could think of. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Taylor Lautner was one. Zach Efron was another. Yeah, he's too old. And again, probably too old. But Channing Tatum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's good meathead. Yeah, I had um, the other one. I had two. I had was Alexander Ludwig, who was in the Hunger Games. Huh? Um, he plays one of the champ, like the from. Um, 
Uh, is he from Liberty? He was like one of the champions or whatever. Anyway, if you saw the movie, you would know. And then um, the one only because of volleyball scene, and I will watch him without a shirt on any <laughs> day of the week, is Alexander Sarsgaard. <laughs> He's too old. Too. He's way too old, but He's I'll still like watch 40. him play volleyball <laughs> without a shirt on. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Uh, memorable scenes and quotable lines. I do have, I'll, uh, oh, I got go one ahead. more wild card just because I got to put him somewhere. I decided um, where I would put Charlie Day in this movie <laughs> is he would be the air boss that's drinking his coffee during the yeah. flyby. I <laughs> <laughs> want some butts. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Flyby coffee drinker. Um, okay, quotes. So I was putting t- this list together, and there's a few things here and there. There's only really a couple, two, three, I don't know, um, like legit quotes that come out of this movie. There's lines here and there that we you know, but they don't stand out as the quote from the movie or the most memorable handful right okay i think the number one is i feel the need the need for speed right the end right i think it's like top 100 movie quote or something like that yeah yeah i feel the need the need for speed and some of these i didn't write them down verbatim but uh uh when they talk about uh it was international relations i flipped in the bird yeah yeah Communicating, keeping up foreign relations. I was, uh, you know, giving him the bird. You know, the finger. Yes, I know the finger, Goose. I'm, I'm sorry, I hate it when it does that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that one, uh, when Stringer, Stringer, Stinger says, uh, son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. Yep. Uh, okay, fine. Um, you can be my wingman anytime. You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine. Uh, take me to bed or lose me forever. Yeah, that was a big one. Hey, Goose, you big stud! That's me, honey. Take me to bed or lose me forever. Show me the way home, honey. Uh, she's lost that loving feeling of all the... No, she hasn't. It's not the quote necessarily, it's the song. Yeah. She's lost that loving feeling. She's like... No, she hasn't. Yes, she has. She has not lost that look. Because she's lost it, Matt. Come on. I hate it when she does that. Uh, so I didn't have a lot right there. I mean, it was, it's, I feel the need, the need for speed. Yeah. Done and done. Yeah. There's a with Penny Benjamin. <laughs> the, uh, does the, uh, the Val Kilmer's uh, gum chomp in the locker room, yeah. does that count as a quote? I know. <laughs> I watched that scene over because I thought I thought he said something that jumped out, and he doesn't really say much there. He's like, uh, he just says, "You're, you know, I don't want to be up there with you. You're dangerous." And then Tom Cruise snaps at him. That's you're right. I am dangerous. So yeah, uh, this big movie we all know, and it's it holds a a significant place in a lot of people's minds or lives. Not super quotable. I mean, you, 
but I feel like I could say the dialogue of this entire movie just about. I definitely couldn't. That's for sure. I, I uh, pretty much could too. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you guys could do the same thing with Gus as well. Right. So, I mean, let's put Don't that in perspective. Knock it. Or the Muppet Caper. Okay, you're getting, you're <laughs> treading on dangerous territory here. You're trying to mock. Yeah, a little bit. Would this movie work today? Uh, We're going to find out think, in about six months. Right. I think the answer yeah. is it would definitely get made. I don't yeah. know if it would you know, work or not. I mean, it, it, if this were a brand new movie, like it's not a remake, I think, of course, it would work again. Yeah. It, it's not going to be um, as as you said it meat heady as it is now well, i don't think one but. of the things i noticed watching it again was i remember it in my memory it's there's it's more focused on the flying and dog fighting and training than it actually is it's not I mean, there, there's obviously those shots are great and there's a good handful in there but it's not really a fighter jet movie necessarily it's it's more about the other stuff and i think if they made it today it would be all about the fighter jet stuff not all but yeah. it, 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 would, it would lean further into it than the old one does so one of the things i did see that um i, I don't know if it's like trivia oriented or not but to kind of Apparently, this was a fairly accurate portrayal of of some of the kind of the attitude. It it you weren't supposed to be as um, oh, what's the word? Just so egotistical about it. You weren't supposed to be so prideful, but there was just a high level of of cockiness and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, that apparently one at one Christmas. The instructors at, I'm reading this now, the instructors at Top Gun sent a group photograph to their counterparts at the Soviet Air Force, along with the greeting, quote, thinking of you and yours at this joyful Yuletide season, trust all is well and cozy at your fireside. If our nations ever pair off in war, check your six o'clock, we'll be there hosing you. Signed, Top Gun. <laughs> That so right. this, I mean, because the 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 movie was the MIGs are supposed to be yeah. obviously the Soviets. Um, this was like the peak of the Cold War yeah. kind of thing, and so Eric, we have to talk about this. We when this when we were watching this, we were discussing it uh, at the end when those when the MIGs like come into or. or uh, are threatening U.S. airspace, or at least they're they're uh, coming toward the carrier, and then you know uh, Tom Cruise and Iceman and whatever go up there, and like this would be an international incident that would cause a war. Like this would be a you know a fighter, a U.S. fighter jet was shot down by a Russian fighter pilot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be World War Three. Like this is played off as like it's almost. Like yeah. this happens every other week. Well, and and we shot down four. Like the right. United States shoots down four of right. theirs. So over international it, waters yeah. or wherever. But uh, yeah. uh, the way it is portrayed, it feels like it's almost it's it's one peg above 
a training exercise almost like they take it seriously, but no one's freaking out about it. <laughs> it feels like in the way that they should be in that uh, at the tail end of this nuclear weapons will be launched and this will be world war three. I, I don't know. It, it, it caught me weird when we were watching it. Like it, it, it right. Well, and it was, to war. it was a, um, uh, like it, the, the ship broke down or something like that. Isn't that what it was where it like yeah. it broke down and it like drifted into um, their yeah. airspace or water yeah. space or whatever. I don't, I don't know how that would play out today. Theoretically. Yeah. That it, I, I don't, I don't know. I know. Is, that, I think, is that the, is that the Trojan horse <laughs> strategy or do you, is there a, an expected kind of rules of engagement of if you're, if your ship breaks down and you drift off into somebody's water, like, are you going to throw them out of the water? Like, I know. is that what's happening? Exactly. Like, I don't know. The whole thing seemed like a Hollywood script. All right, Eric, <laughs> as our military consultant for the podcast, what would you say about this? Yeah. Yeah, it uh, would have definitely would have been a bigger, I feel like it would have been a bigger deal if this had actually happened. Yeah, they just sort of play it off, um, just saying, well, the other, the other side denies the incident. Right. But, the end. <laughs> yeah. But, and especially, well, in this day and age, there's no covering that up. Yeah. Yeah. There also wouldn't be a Polaroid taken. It would have been a cell phone and a tweet. Well, that yeah. was, yeah, that was in the first one. Selfie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, the whole thing just seems ludicrous, but whatever, man. Right. Um. Okay, what would you want to see in a sequel if there isn't one already? As we know, one is coming. Uh, I haven't even considered the sequel since I saw the trailer a year ago in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know what it's really about other than Maverick is back. I don't know if he's an instructor that's being put into service. I don't know what's going on there. But putting that to the Putting the actual sequel aside, what would you want to see in a sequel or a prequel? Or would you not? Is the story done? Is it, I, we, I, I felt it reached its natural conclusion. Up. Yeah. I mean, Check I guess change. the more, if there's an interesting one, it would have been about Duke Mitchell and, right, right. and Viper. Right. But... Uh, I, I, didn't, I don't feel like that's a story that needs to be told. Either. Do we want to see if the top gun guys can uh, make the finals of the San Diego volleyball tournament? Right. <laughs> the inter-military volleyball finals? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any yeah. follow-up there. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, I never gave a sequel any serious no. thoughts. And it was, yeah, it's, it would have just been, yeah, it just been more of the same. And yeah, I don't know. The sequel is Maverick becomes a NASCAR driver and the movie is called Days of Thunder. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
time for the game show that is sweeping the nation, the How Much Are They Worth game. And now, let's play the How Much Are They Worth game. Some more than others. (laughs) (laughs) The people I have on the list, uh, I don't think I checked all of these on the site, but uh, we'll see in real time. They should all be there. Okay. Kelly McGillis, Tom Skerritt, Val Kilmer, Meg Ryan, Tom Cruise. Um, Okay. So let's start with Kelly McGillis. I'm going to assume she's down toward the bottom of this list. Nick Gillis. Okay, she was in this. She was in the Harrison Ford movie. Was it? Is it presumed innocent? Witness. 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 Which is what got her this role. Yeah. Basically, Uh, she was the other female lead in that. uh, The accused. The accused, that's what, yeah, the other one, Jodie Foster's other yeah. Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know she um, played She played Mrs. Robinson in The Graduate on Broadway for a good stretch. Hmm. Well, I have a number. I've written one down too, and I'd feel bad if it's right, but I don't think I'm going to change it. We had some yeah. weird numbers at the the Silence yeah. of the Lambs podcast. So, yeah, I have a number. A TV show. All right, Eric, what do you have? Two million. I had three. I have five. Wow, I can't believe I'm the high one on this one. <laughs> Uh, okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Kelly McGillis has a net worth of $4 million, Ooh. which means I win because I did under. the under. Yep. I'm, glad I, was right. I'm glad I was wrong. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, Tom Skerritt, a.k.a. Piper. He has done a lot. Yeah. Um, E. Contact. Alien. I forgot about. I forgot about uh, contact. He's in space camp. (laughs) Yes, he was. Singles. The cameo on singles. Oh yeah. He was on uh what was the show? He was on a show for uh Picket Fences, right? Mm. Oh yeah. All right, Viper. I'm gonna give you Eric, do you have a number? I have a number. I have a number. I Al, have a number. what's your number? 20. I said 25. I also have 20. Oh, my God. We are too close. Okay, Tommy Scarrett. Cheech and Chong up in smoke he was in. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Tom Skerritt has a net worth of, according to this website, again, uh, celebritynetworth.com, uh, $8 million. Wow. Hmm. Eric gets it by default, but we are all way off. Wait, Eric and I have the same number. Oh, you both had 20. Can read my rating. Uh, you both get it. Um, eight million. Tom mm-hmm. Skerritt. There's got to be a couple divorces in there or something. Yeah, that feels. We ran into this yesterday with one or two people, and we have to remember that this is this website. Who knows the accuracy, or even you know, even ballpark. I, I don't know. Uh, he has had multiple spouses. He has been married three times. Well, that might do it. Five children. All right. Uh, v- Valiant Kilmer. <sighs> I know money. his name's not Valiant, but to me it is. Top yeah, secret money. Real genius, top secret, the saint. I mean, come on. Batman? The Doors. Of course, got Batman money. Ghost in the Darkness money. Heat. heat. Oh my God, heat. <laughs> Tombstone. Money. Tombstone. Oh. The Island of Dr. Moreau. Wow. MacGruber. Oh my God. <laughs> He's got that MacGruber money. <laughs> I don't know about this guy. This could be anything. I know. Did he just flake out? Is that the deal with him? He had some health issues. He, he had throat cancer. cancer. Oh. That's going to have a... It bl- it, I was... When I saw that he was going to be in the sequel, I was shocked because... Yeah. His, yeah, his health was really bad for a good stretch there. Well... How, okay, so how much of his fortune did his health affect it? I'm going to hope he had insurance. I, I know, but... Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Making, it definitely I'm making a quick change. Affected his employment for a while, right? I'm going back to my original. Um, well, shit, I've been way off. Val, Val. I'm gonna go. Okay, I have a number. Do you have? A, are you? Do you have a number, Eric? Yeah, I, mean, I got a number. All right, I'll start. I've got him at because he has. He's sort of. He's had health issues and has evaporated from the scene over the past decade. Uh. I don't know what to do with him, so I put him at $29 million. I've got 20 mm. I, I have 40 mm. 40 Val Kilmer is an actor who has a net worth of $25 million. Ah. O'Neill gets it. Which one? You? Yep. Dang it. I was four away. You were five away. 
two to one to one. Oh, it's coming down to it. All right. Meg Ryan. Oh. Meg. There is what she's at and where she should be. She's made a lot of movies and a lot of big movies. Yeah. And a lot of them, she was the star or had near second billing. Hmm. But then has had nothing for 20 years. The last movie I remember her in was when she was like a a boxing coach of some sort. She was, and then married to Dennis Quaid. Oh, right. (laughs) Right, right. Threw that away for Russell Crowe for like a month. And then was with John Mellencamp. Good Lord. Uh, Is she still with him? No clue. I never heard about Mellencamp. Yeah. I have a number. <laughs> um, I've written down a number. I want to be wrong, but I'm considering uh, the fact I think that I overshot she's a, it. I think she's a I think I underpaid woman it. in Hollywood. Is that a lot of her movies were before? All right, I'm changing it. No. I have a new number. Mm-hmm. Eric, do you have a number? Yeah, but this is a complete shot in the dark. I have no idea. All right. Tell it. 35. Mm. I said 54. Oh, my God. I have 75. I crossed out 74. It made it 54. I think you guys are going to be closer than I am. Meg Ryan has a net worth of 85 million. She should be over a hundred million at this point, but I hedged my bet. So, all right, that's good. 85. Good. She found success primarily in romantic comedies, pumping out hits that frequently paid Meg 10 to 15 million per film that at times made her the highest paid actress in the world. Blah, 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 whatever. So, uh, Usually, list names, but that's good. Okay, uh, so Al gets that. So now we got the juggernaut. Two to two with Tom Cruise on deck. Do we think? Do we know if Tom Cruise is his real name? It's not his real name. Yeah, there's no way. It's like. It's not Merriweather, but it's something close to that. We'll we'll look it up in a minute. Mission Impossible 7 is coming out this year? Dear Lord. This number They were supposed to shoot 7 and 8 back to back. Wow. But I think COVID... uh, It was a combination of delay. It was just announced that 8 was shooting eight was delayed because they had to do it was delayed because of COVID. And then he's got to promote Maverick that they 
are putting off eight, but they were going to shoot back to back. My God. This, this number, could be a Scorsese. I know. I know. By one of us. Uh, All right. I've written down a number and I'm not changing it. I have a, a ludicrous number. I have a ludicrous down. number too. I have a number. Okay. Uh, I'll go first because why not? Um, I have Tom Cruise at 651. <laughs> I know. I, I may have Scorsese myself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have 400. I have 500. Ugh. I'm going to lose this one. Tom Cruise has a net worth of 600 million. Wow. So I get it. Wow. But wow. You won. I won. It's, it's been a while. I haven't won probably the last five we've done. Wow. Wow. $600 million. That's a lot. I would have thought he would have given more money to Scientology. No way. Um, he's done a, I think he's got a fair amount of like producer credits no, and all yeah, that I sort of really stuff too. That. Um, he has back end on all these movies, especially in the past 25 years. Mm-hmm. 600 according to this website, which could be low. <laughs> all right. Uh, Top Gun, final thoughts. Um, I, it, watching it again, I don't think it held up as well as I thought it would. Um, I don't think it's as good this time around as maybe seeing it 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Well, the, the one thing that we didn't really talk about was the soundtrack. And the soundtrack <laughs> to yeah. me is as memorable as the movie. Um, all of the music from that... The star of the movie is Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins, it, it, it's not a Tom but it was Cruise also movie. Great Balls of Fire and... Yeah. Um, what's the love song? Yeah, the uh, Doobie, Doobie Brothers yeah. or whatever. You've Lost Your Loving Feeling? Yeah. You've Lost That Loving Feeling. The, the, the Isley Brothers? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? It doesn't matter. Whatever dopey group. Yeah, no, I mean, I, the soundtrack is huge. It was everywhere for a while. Um, but yeah, watching it, I didn't, uh, it didn't catch me. I didn't, I don't think it holds up all that well. It's fine, but it's not the well, juggernaut. The, the dialogue's a little hokier than yeah. what you remember. Yeah. It's, it I think what was so big about it, quite honestly, was the editing and the filming of the fighter scenes, which, like, you never saw that before. Everything was at a distance, or it was super, like, I don't know just if we've in the cockpit even seen it since. I mean, a lot of the stuff we see now is going to be CG or right. whatever, but uh, some of those scenes, I mean, it's funny because so, some of the fighter pilot, the fighter dogfight stuff, um, you see a scene and then you see the exact same scene five minutes later because they just show it again because yeah. it was cool. Um, 
But some of those maneuvers and the, the way they shot it were crazy. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're, they're really good. But uh, I don't know. I, I was lukewarm about this movie this, this past time seeing it. Well, I thought the volleyball scene held <laughs> up just fine. I felt it was much better than lukewarm. Eric, what'd you think of Top Gun? What's your final assessment? You're on mute. Oh, sorry about that. I don't. I have no idea. Eric, you're on mute. Um, um, when I, I sort of watched it through like my. 11 year old eyes watching it this time. There you are. And I was just, I'll admit, I was beaming <laughs> watching it because I was remembering how much I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally agree that it is by no means a, uh, <laughs> uh, it's nothing more than just yeah. like a popcorn kind of movie. Yeah. I mean, some of the movies we've done recently on the podcast here um, definitely hold up, you know, equal to or I don't know, maybe even better uh, in hindsight than, um, you know, the first time we saw them. This is not one of them, I don't think. You know, in my opinion, it doesn't quite. So one, one last you know, whatever, thought. Whatever I, I thought of it before, I think it would have been. been maybe this know, would be more fitting in the, uh, the trivia portion of the. Uh, of the episode, but um, something I read that I never thought about before, and now it's hilarious to me. So the whole point of Top Gun, and they explain it when they're in their sort of like orientation at the beginning, was you know like the it was like in was it Korea the ratio ratio of losing jets to the you know shooting down their stars was 12 to 1 vietnam was 3 to 1 they went back to 12 to 1 they talked about how their fighters had become dependent on missiles yeah. so they created top gun for dog fighting which was using your guns as opposed to missiles and then throughout the whole movie nobody ever gets shot down with guns they still are only using missiles <laughs> So the whole point of it was to learn how to fight with guns and nowhere in the movie does, even at the end of the climax, it's still, yeah. so That's the whole funny. point of the movie, they didn't learn a damn thing. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. None of them ever fire their guns. They Nailed get guns it. fired That's at so them. But they, yeah, they do go to guns <laughs> now and then, but it, it's not the kill shot for some No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think the other, the thing that stuck out to me was like they, they talk about this as being for the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And like, you think it's going to be, okay, it's the, that class of 16 guys or 20 guys or whatever it is, but it's 20 guys every six weeks. Like I know. how many fighter pilots are there that are going through this every year, 20 guys every six weeks. Like what, what? 
And I, I think I have a very why aren't they doing this training earlier on? Like, don't they do training as well? And how big pilots? is the plaque that <laughs> is going to have all of these names on there yeah. and their Rios, as we've now heard? Uh, uh, and how big is the plaque in the ladies' room? Because Charlie, yeah, talks about coming back every six to eight weeks or whatever yeah. it is um, with a new class of hot shots, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how fucking exclusive is this? Right. It's not. It's, I, it's that stuck out to me more. I think this go around yeah. than anything else. Mm. And again, is there like a plaque <laughs> per year that's got twenty names on it or whatever? It's like, it's like the Stanley Cup, and the trophy just keeps getting bigger and bigger as they add a bunch <laughs> of names to the bottom of it. Uh, Eric, is this? In your opinion, if I, I, I'm making this up as I go along, but uh, um, is this the best uh, fighter jet, fighter pilot movie? And, I'm trying to think uh, about other ones that would uh, I don't know. Pearl Harbor? <laughs> <laughs> Dunkirk? <laughs> well, well, no. What was the one that came Hot out? That, well, that had uh, Tom Hardy in it. Yeah. Dunkirk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dunkirk. Hot shots. Hot shots. Heart did. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, uh, all right. We're saying this is the best one for now. Until someone corrects us. Alright, that's Top Gun. Alright. Um, Good one. Yeah.